Hey everybody, this is William Michael Morgan and you're listening to Tailgate Country. To be nailed all out Josie Wales Spinning the back on being tough as nails Everybody else following the law You better run if the cops get caught Cause you're nailed all out Johnny Cash They talk shit, you're gonna whoop their ass Shot a Jack D Welcome everyone back to the Tailgate Country Podcast. We have a pretty cool guest coming up here in a couple of minutes. You probably heard of him. His name's William Michael Morgan. He said he goes by Willie. I don't know. <laughs> he goes by many things he said. Um, but before we get to that, Hunter, you got something for everybody listening. Yeah. Uh, once again, we've teamed up with our friends over at Southern Creek Clothing. They're an awesome outdoor apparel, apparel company founded in 2019. They pride themselves on good quality Southern apparel with great customer service, and they're offering a special discount to all of our listeners. If you use the code TG TG Country, you'll get 20% off. TG Country, Mm -hmm. all caps, no spaces, 20% off your purchase. That's a fifth off pretty good. Some Black Friday pricing going on there. (laughs) Yeah, they're good, and they got good stuff too. I mean, it's not like like he's not cutting corners on what he makes. It's it's the... um, comfort colors shirts which are really nice they're weighted they're good um and richardson hats so he only uses like the best stuff so shout out to our friend landon over there at southern creek clothing you find him uh through social media at southern creek clothing believe southern creek clothing.com um all that good stuff and yeah what's the uh what's that code again tg country all capitals for 20 percent off 20 percent off all right well let's dive into here is william michael morgan Welcome on a very special guest. You might know him. You've probably heard of him. His name is William Michael Morgan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, buddy. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for joining yep. us. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're just gonna start off with um, letting you uh, tell your story, like how you got to where you are today. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> well. Oh, all right. Well, that's a story for you, I'll tell you. Well, I started playing uh, guitar, I guess, when I was about 13, 14 years old. Started playing in the bar rooms around where I'm from in Mississippi. And uh, around that time as well, uh, fast forward another year or two, started going back up to Nashville, started going to Nashville, should I say, and started uh, making some connections, meeting songwriters, meeting my management, uh, which is still with me today. Um, and, And just trying to make some connections uh, fast forward to about 19 years old, I take a meeting with Warner Brothers uh, up in Nashville. I get signed with them. We go under development for a few years, write, play shows, just kind of try to figure out my sound. And uh, shoot, I guess probably about three years into into being with them, we put out our first single. Um, that being one of our biggest singles. Uh, went all the way to the number one spot, uh, gave us a big old gold record. Um, it's a song called I Met a Girl. Uh, and after that, we had a top 30, a top 40 on the on Billboard media based charts. And uh, shoot, man, I got to tour with Alan Jackson last year. It was, and that was a freaking unbelievable time. Um, one of my biggest heroes and influences, uh, uh, you know, handpicked me to go out and, and, and play some shows with him. But uh, I guess in a nutshell, that's kind of it. I guess without 
taking 30 minutes of your time trying to tell the story there. <laughs> so hold on, 19? You released I Met a Girl 19. No, no, I had got signed at 19. Oh, and about okay. three years, about three years later, we released that. It was, okay, uh, so I, was about, I was about, yeah, I was like 22, maybe 23, three, four years. Yeah. And here Hunter and I are sitting in our parents' house talking into a microphone, talking to other hey, artists man. who are out touring. At, you know, hey, dude, you're doing, more than, <laughs> you're doing more than, than a lot of people, man. Uh, and shoot, dude, social media, man. I, I read something not too long ago that, that, that really opened my eyes up. You know, we, we're such a, a social media involved world. Uh, you know, I read something where it said, uh, it's social media is making us feel like if we're not living in a mansion and having a, a Mercedes Benz and all this stuff, by the time we're 25 years old, we're failing. And that's not right, man. That's not true. You know, we're, we're still young. We've got a lot of time to learn and grow and, and hopefully learn and grow. And, uh, and make make bad mistakes and make bad decisions and learn from them and and uh, shoot man you guys are doing great buddy <laughs> we appreciate that yeah yeah um and i mean when you think about i guess how young people can become known i guess is is the best word for it um you know did did you use social media a lot to be able to promote your platform and you know get get your songs more spins uh, yeah, social media, man, it's a big part of the game. I mean, as much as I uh, hate the world that it's brought us in today, that's a whole nother deal. <laughs> but um, it, it's kind of as opposed to brought us together. But man, as far as in the media world, in the, in the music world, yes, we use it and we still use it today. You know, when we're putting out music, whether it's to promote a, a song that we're streaming on Spotify or to promote a new album that we're fixing to come out with or a new tour we're fixing to do. Um, yes, it is, it is very prominent in our work to, to, to use social media to help us out. So you mentioned Alan Jackson being an influence for you. Did you have any other ones or who were some of your favorite guys to listen to growing up? Man, yeah, Alan was one of them. Um, George Strait, of course, the king. Um, Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley, Waylon Jennings. I, I tend to lend, uh, tend to lean, excuse me, tend to lean more towards the traditional side of, uh, of country music and all music, really. I, I, I love all genres of music. Um, I, I can't really get into some of the screamo stuff, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, man, you know, I love, I love good R&B, you know, Teddy Pendergrass, Lenny Williams. I love stuff like that as well. Barry White, all the way to Frank Sinatra, to Dean Martin, to Journey, to Pink Floyd. You know, I, I just, if it's, if it's quote unquote, good music, I, I dig it. Yeah. And I want to talk about, you know, you said that you lean more toward the traditional stuff, at least listening to, and that's really evident when you listen to your music and, you know, you got the cowboy country going. And I think when people think of that, they might think to Texas, maybe Wyoming, Colorado, but you've managed to encapsulate that growing up in Mississippi and you've taken it with you to Nashville. So um, you know, you mentioned George Strait, you mentioned Roald Haggard, but what other maybe cultural influences um, helped you find that sound? Well, man, being from Mississippi originally, there's a lot of blues music, a lot of blues, a lot of R&B, um, at least when I was growing up. Uh, it still is, really, a lot of soul, you know, a lot of soul in the music um, that we're listening to and, and is being made down there. So I guess when I was listening to music, it, it, was, it was the country music and the R&B and the, and the soul music, some gospel, of course again, a little bit of everything, but what really made me grab a hold of it was 
the lyrics and the story that it was telling and the pain that the people were in and the happiness that the people were feeling and uh, the good times, the bad times, you could just feel it and hear it and see it. All of these pictures just from hearing this guy or this girl sing a lyric, you know, that's what really made me fall in love with it and is keeping me in love with it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that matters more than, the sound i guess because a lot of people are quick to judge just based on how it sounds and i'll i'll admit i'm guilty of that myself but um you know hunter is always the one to kind of reel me back in and be like but did you listen to the lyrics and i have to go back and be like yeah oh, okay you're right <laughs> well man and there's some kind of nostalgia of what used to be you know what we used to do or what we used to like and then we get back into that and and that's what i like is i love the old stuff but i love being able to take that stuff or not old stuff, i should say traditional stuff but I love being able to take that stuff and, and kind of bridge it a little bit with some newer things, some uh, just just kind of modern modernize it a little bit for 2020, I guess. Still keeping that sound, still keeping that trueness, that that lyric, that feeling, but uh, but growing with the times, you know. Yeah, I know um, we asked you who you grew up listening to, but today, who are some of your favorite other artists to listen to? Well, man, you know, I, I find myself not really listening much to, to modern radio. Uh, if, if I do listen to the radio, it's, it's again, I, I listen to, you know, like an old rock station or, a, you know, classic rock or like a traditional channel. In Nashville, I listen to 650 AM, which is, you know, they play the Opry a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, uh, man, I tell you that I love, I love Riley Green. I think he's great. Um, as far as country music goes, uh, I love Casey Musgraves. Um, I think Chris Young's got some cool stuff out there. Um, but I mean, that's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah. Um, so recently you took a trip to Europe. Um, how was yeah. that? <laughs> oh man, it was weird, uh, for the times that we're in right now, yeah. you know, uh, but it was great. Um, we, we went to Liechtenstein, which, I'm probably mispronouncing that still. I've said it a million times now, but I've probably messed it up every time. But it's it's a little, little, little sovereign country right outside of Switzerland and Austria. And uh, it's probably got 30,000, 40,000 people in it, the whole country. Uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, where I'm from, is, is bigger than that. <laughs> um, but, man, the nicest people, gosh dang, sweetest people great women great men just great people all around um it was weird though you know usually we're flying in somewhere playing the show two three however many and then flying out but with all the stuff going on and i, and I guess because we're crazy americans we had to uh had to quarantine over there for about 10 days before we could even go out before we even thought about playing a show but much you know much more we couldn't even go uh, to up the hill on a hike or around the corner to get a pack of smokes or, you know, whatever you do, any, you know, just a day-to-day -day routine, but they were nice enough to put us up in this place, beautiful house overlooking <laughs> what seemed like the whole country. Um, it was just amazing, man. Um, three fantastic shows, had some really great local talent there. Um, some people from the UK came, uh, some people that I know, Gary Quinn, Kezia Gill, some artists over there came and played some shows. 
it was great, man. It was a fantastic time. Most people know how to do it over there. Yeah. Was, were those shows like full go shows? They weren't any kind of like COVID regulations with that? Well, of course. Yeah, okay. of course. Uh, the people working were uh, pretty strict on having their masks on, making sure people that were walking around had masks. Um, I think it was a little more laid back if you were with your group and you were sitting down kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they, they were pretty, they're, they're pr pretty tight on it. Pretty tight on it. Yeah. I'm, um, I think I'm turning to an old man already because I've gone to a couple of these shows where it's like, Hey, state your seat. Um, and you know, pop mask when you're, when you're sitting down or whatever, but like, I kind of like sitting down at a picnic table or a little table and listening to my favorite artist rather than standing in a mosh pit and, you know, getting shoved yeah. left, right, and center. <laughs> Well, you know, um, there's a few ways that this could go. I mean, as far as the music industry, you know, people may actually start going to shows and listening more, you know. Um, we're all guilty of it. Hell, when we go out to especially a concert, you know, a big uh, festival or something, you know, all, all we want to do is go out and party, hear that guy, hear that girl, hear that song. Um, hell, I'm guilty of it too. I love going out there and having a good old time. But, uh, man, it may really make us – get back into appreciating like we said earlier the lyrics the the melodies the the artist's voice um the band behind them um yeah i think i think we may get get back to some of that appreciation i hope so That's yeah what i'm the, there for <laughs> yeah i mean that is a good point about how you know people are some of them are just there to drink and not really you know party instead of just listening to the music which yeah is the whole point of going for me at least yeah for sure for sure so I met a girl went number one in Europe. Um, had you performed there a lot when that was, when that happened or was... I had never been to Europe. Uh, I had never been to Europe until this summer. Um, okay. I had been to the UK a good bit. Um, not, well, not as that song was going up the charts. Um, I, I guess maybe just in the last year and a half, two years, I started going to the UK but uh those people are great over there man they love country music they love going to a show speaking of listening man they'll sit there and listen to the whole song front to back ask you where you can get it later they they really really appreciate listening and enjoying the music and enjoying the show yeah we've seen a you know a few artists really take off over there um eric church i feel like has always been big over there but um they eat up like Chase Rice's stuff. Uh, yeah. One of our guys, Matt Bennett, they love his stuff over in Sweden. Um, you know, I feel like they, you know, they, I, I didn't know they had such a big country music basis until I started really paying attention, digging in, seeing these other artists go over what kind of reception, yeah. you know, what kind of reception does a new artist like you get when you first go? Man, uh, it was nothing but love immediately. I mean, nothing but love. And I say that, they knew every song they knew not just i met a girl or missing or vinyl some of the bigger songs that we've had but man they knew track six they knew track seven they knew the new stuff we put out that's not even on an album they knew the new song i wrote that all i did was just put it out on a youtube video uh, they knew the words they wanted to hear it they requested it they came prepared to sing along to those songs and man it, it just it was unbelievable i mean we sold out our, our first time going over there we just played one show and it was for buckles and boots it was a festival called Bus buckles and boots and we were there maybe three four days 
like I said, you know, fly in, fly out kind of thing. Second time we went was in the fall, maybe just four or five months after that. And uh, ended up booking, I think, four or five sold out shows in, in Scotland and London and Manchester, just scattered out throughout the UK. And, you know, heck, they weren't big 10,000 seat venues but you know they you know they had 800,000 people not 800,000 but 800 to 1,000 or something <laughs> that'd be a lot of people uh, <laughs> but uh, man it just felt great for them to come and all of them had their shirts on some of them had some of our merch they had bought some of them had homemade shirts there's just the love was outrageous it was unbelievable that's really nice to hear I like that yeah. <laughs> I, I love yeah. hearing that so much yeah man um, but I, you know, I want to ask more about, I met a girl cause it was your first major, major success. I mean like 25 million streams on Spotify. Uh, that doesn't even include the other streaming platforms. And you know, how did that song change your course or your outlook as an artist? Oh, it made me realize that you gotta be prepared for, for the next one. You gotta put the next one out. You gotta get, gotta keep writing. Got to keep going to the studio. Got to keep playing these shows, playing these songs that you've just written out to these live crowds to get reactions. Um, boy, I've been so blessed to be able to take that song and, 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 and for the fans to make it a number one, fans and country radio, they made it a number one. But for us to be able to take it now to all these shows and people come for that song, people come for this song and that song. But of course, it's, it's I Met a Girl, man. That's what they're wanting to hear. It, uh, it was such a huge blessing for us. Um, but it made me realize that you have to be prepared and you have to be ready for the next song uh, to, to get the next music video out, get back into the studio, get the next album, get the next stream and get the next, the next, the next, the next. You just got to be prepared. Was I Met a Girl, did you have a hand in writing that? Or um, No, was- no, I didn't. I didn't have a hand in writing that. Um, it was Sam Hunt, Shane McAnally and Trevor Rosen mm-hmm. that wrote that song what was the process like that? How, how did you get that song? I guess. So we, uh, in Nashville, when you're uh, recording an album, especially on a major label at the time, um, when you're on a major label, you take uh, and even when you're not, of course, uh, but it's very, people want you want you to record a song, obviously that they write if, if you're on a major label, but uh, th- we have these things called pitch meetings. Sometimes it involves a dinner, go out list of songs, but for the most part, it just involved going to, uh, to an office, spending an hour or two listening to songs. Um, and so it was one of those songs that one of those times where they played us that song, I fell in love with it. It's a lot different. Of course, it was Sam Hunt's version of it. So it was a lot more Sam Hunt. And, mm-hmm. uh, we just, man, you know, uh, I, we changed it up. I say we as my producers at the time, Jimmy Ritchie and Scott Hendricks, they put the sound on it that made it sound more me, I suppose, as an artist. And uh, here we are, man, still torn from it. <laughs> <laughs> and how long was that before you actually cut it and, and put it out to the public? Um, it was still probably, man, the process takes a while. Um, especially on a major label, you know, you have to go through the, through this, through this step, through this step, but it, 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 probably, it probably, we found the song, um, did pre-production on it, maybe a f- three, four months after finding it. And then we went in and actually cut it maybe another couple of months, 
So six months, eight months, somewhere in that time frame. Okay. And yeah, and you talked about, you know, the next song um, and the next music video. Uh, and my personal favorite of yours is Missing. Um, I, I love it as a song. I love the music video That's too. That's a cool video. I it's spent, cool video, I spent hours watching you uh, play it on, on YouTube uh, with Country Rebel, trying to figure out how to, how to, how yeah. to play it on the guitar too. Um, and you know, it, it got its fair share of spins. It's got, you know, it seven did, and a half man. million it on did. Spotify. Um, so what was the story and the inspiration behind the song itself? So again, I did not have a hand in writing that most of my first album, I didn't have a hand in writing. I wrote a couple of songs on it, but, uh, I fell in love with that song immediately. I just, the message of, and now it, it rings so true, of course, being a dad, being, um, being a business owner, be, being a touring artist, be, you know, just all the things that I am, I guess, these days, working, working, working. It's good to shut it all off every now and then. Shut the phone off, get away, go to the beach, go to the mountains, go do some fishing, go do some hunting, uh, just spend some time with my family. Um, it's nice to just shut the world off every now and then and get away from it all. So what, um, of the songs on vinyl, I guess we'll still stick there. Which, which one was your favorite that you had a hand writing in? <clears throat> Man, I love Lonesome Feel. I, I, I wrote that one and I wrote something to drink about. I co-wrote both of those songs, I should say. I had great co-writers on that, on both of those, but, um, Man, Lonesomeville is just probably the, one of the most countryest things I've ever written in my life. Um, it was a fun trip. I have not told the story of how we wrote it, and I, and I probably never will. It's just one of those good old times. <laughs> <laughs> Mama don't need to know about. <laughs> but, man, I love that song. It's, uh, again, just being a traditional fan, the lyrics of it, the melody of it, it, uh, it really hit home for me. Yeah, it's very um, Broken Heartsville, I guess, if you just strip it down to the yeah, title. Joe Nichols, it's, sure. you know, some real country stuff there. For sure. So when you go to put together an album, what is your process like for picking all the songs? Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's a process, for sure. It's a lot of listening. It's a lot of getting in the car and driving, listening to CDs, listening to emails, listening to Dropbox files. Uh, just listening to songs, writing songs almost every day. I've been writing, especially since this pandemic has hit, you know, ain't much else to do. Um, so hell, I just been writing a whole bunch, taking zoom writings. Now, nowadays people are, are a little, uh, I guess more open to meeting in person, not necessarily at the office, the quote unquote office, I guess, but somebody's house, somebody's over here or whatever their own private offices. I guess some people are a little more open to writing in person, but, so man, I've just been writing. I've been going to the studio a lot. I'm working on new. I'm working on two new records. I just finished up a acoustic album, um, which I'm really excited about releasing. Hopefully, I want to say before the end of the year. Realistically, probably not going to happen, but hopes are still high. Um, but if not, it'll be beginning of of next year, uh, springtime for sure. Um, and I'm working on another follow up album for, for you know my my my. I guess you would say sophomore album. Uh, from vinyl was my my debut so I guess this is my this is my second full album um, I've had a, I've had a pretty good hand in writing a lot of the songs on this one um, I'm teaming teaming up with a couple of other writers teaming up with a couple of other people getting it all done 
um, we just got to finish it up as well. But good things are coming, man. We got a lot of music to release next year. It's just going to be constant, which is great. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. And with one question with the uh, the acoustic, is it going to be acoustic versions of your own songs, or are they going to be covers no, or songs you've no, never heard? No, although I'll, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But oh no, 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 you're fine. No, man, I, I just uh, I, this. Although that's a great idea, and I thought of doing that eventually, um, and that may be the next thing we work on. I'd love to do that sometime. Um, I think that'd be really cool to do an acoustic version of all my songs, mm -hmm. um, but. Right now, what we're doing is we've released a couple of the songs to streaming platforms now. Uh, one of them being Behind Closed Doors, one of them being um, Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me. It's, a, it's, it's cover songs. It's some of my favorite cover songs that I grew up listening to. Um, some David Allen Coe, some Charlie Rich, some George Jones. I think we're going to have the Oak Ridge Boys join us on a, on a song, which is pretty dang cool. I've been talking to yeah. Joe Barnes all a little bit. Uh, on the phone and man that's pretty dang pretty dang cool to happen but um yeah i mean we just got to finish it up man just got to finish it up release it all put it out get it streaming you know so then where does that put the other ones that you've released lately like um i i have to ask about this my fiance told me i had to ask about cowboy cool she says she loves the song she wanted me to tell you that I had to yeah. ask about oh, it so thanks, so what is that where does that leave that one so with those songs, uh, Cowboy Cool and Whiskey Kind of Night, those songs will be on my new record. Um, it's just some of the stuff that we had done already that we wanted to put some music out. We didn't want people to wait. I didn't want to wait on music that long. So we went ahead and put a couple of songs out just to kind of, you know, tease and, and, and also importantly say, hey, we're still here. We're still making music, you know. We still got stuff coming down the line here. And to keep people interested, keep people you know, knowing that we've got some more stuff coming. Um, so those two songs will be on the album for sure. I feel like that's kind of what you have to do nowadays is just constantly be releasing music with the way people's like yeah. lose interest and, you know, forget about you. Yeah, man. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, hell, it, it happens to a lot of people. I mean, it happens to a lot of people. So heck, we just want to, we want to keep our boat in that lake and we want to keep that boat floating floating around keep gas in it and just tugging along you know we don't want to make a whole bunch of waves but at least we want to be out there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how has the reception from those um songs that you've put out lately been pretty good man i mean we're doing it all on our own you know we don't have a label um so it's all just been self-funded um self-promoted uh, a lot of that's just been really social media and shows uh, live shows which this year's kind of hurt us a lot because nobody's doing live shows um which gosh dang i wish i wish we could get it together and get get back out there man i'm ready to play and i know a lot of people are ready to ready to come to some shows whenever the time is man i know it's going to be rowdy i know it's going to be rowdy it's going to be fun those people ain't those people are not going to be coming to listen to the music. <laughs> They're going to be coming to have a good time. <laughs> but the music is a nice bonus. Yeah, the music is a nice bonus, but boy, they're going to be drinking some Bud Lights and having some fun. <laughs> well, I can't say that I won't be right there. Um, and, you know, actually, there, there, there was a time uh, where I saw you up on stage uh, with a couple of Bud Lights, but I was, I was there for the music. Don't worry about that. Um, it was in hey, Medina, man, it was in Medina Ohio. 
Madonna, Ohio. Boy, yeah. I'd, I'd love to say that. I remember that. but That's uh, all right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a small town. I, I remember Madonna. We've played there a few times, actually, a handful of times throughout the years. Ohio has been really great to me, uh, me and my band my brand, my music, everything. They've been so good to us. Um, a lot of county fairs, a lot of state, or I guess one state fair, but a lot of county fairs, little festivals even. It's, uh, Ohio's awesome for country music. Yeah, that's where we're both from, actually. Yeah. Columbus yeah. Oh, hell yeah. From near Medina, Cleveland. Um, so, yeah. so I guess where are your favorite city or cities uh, to perform in, but you can't uh, include your hometown? Oh, um, well, there's not much to play at in my hometown. <laughs> um, oh, of course, I love my hometown. But, um, man, I loved I love, I love the Opry. I've played there, I think, like 72, 73 times now. Jeez. Between the like, Opryland Opry and the Ryman itself. So I absolutely love that place. There's no, no higher stage for me um i don't know man it's hard to say i mean I, i've been blessed to play a lot of stages uh i've been to 49 of the 50 states i've been to a, a few different countries now um I've, I've just been blessed to be able to play everywhere man I, like i said i love the opry i guess i played the gorge out in washington state mm. That was really nice and really pretty. Um, I haven't played Red Rocks. I'd love to play there someday. Oh, that's a cool place. Uh, yeah, isn't that everybody's dream? But mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to do that. Um, Alaska, hands down, is my favorite place in the world. Not necessarily just to play, but just be, hunt, fish, relax, kick back. I, I love it in Alaska a lot. And what's the one state, if you don't mind me asking? Alaska. Alaska, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, the, one, oh, the, one, no, the, the one state that I haven't been to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Hawaii. Oh. Yeah, haven't I'll been to to get you down there soon. Yeah, I'd love to go. Uh, what do they say? Get laid. I mean, they throw the thing on you there. Yeah. They throw the, the, yeah, I'd like to get laid down there. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, yeah, I mean, it's always been a dream of my mom and dad to go there. Um. I've always remembered growing up that my dad, especially, have always wanted to go to Hawaii. So, um, if I can ever go, I'm gonna make sure that I bring bring them with me. Um, my dad's gotten to go. My mom and dad both have gotten to go to a few places with me, but my dad has gotten to go to a few more places. Um, and boy, that you know, he's just no good old boy from Mississippi, you know. <laughs> and uh, as am I, <laughs> but just a good old boy that never really traveled much. Um, and so, shoot, he's been out to Colorado with me. He's been out to New York City with me. Talk, let me let me just tell you a little bit about my dad for a moment. We was, please, please. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. We, was, we were the first time he ever went to New York City. I think it was like my second time, you know, so I was, I was still learning it too. He flew in like maybe two hours before us, so he had to kind of navigate around a little bit. He didn't want to stay at the airport. I said, well, hell, just go check in. You know, we got a hotel room. Just go check in. We'll meet you there. <clears throat> he, he only brought his boots, which as I did as well. <laughs> but he ain't used to walking that much. And so he was walking up and down the streets and everything. And, <laughs> and uh, he said, he said, man, I can't do this no more. He pulled in, walked into this place that sold shoes. 
And he ended up, he said, I just got to buy me a pair of shoes, you know, just real quick, go in. He's, for the first time in his life, he bought a pair of shoes that was over like 20 bucks. He spent like a hundred bucks on a pair of shoes. Wow. Uh, you know, where, where we're from, we go to Walmart, buy a 10, $15 pair of shoes and <laughs> that's we're, we're good to go, you know? And, and I think the only time he wore those shoes is when he went there, he went there and, and he went back home. He, he said, I'm not wearing these shoes. They cost me too damn much money. I'm not tearing these shoes up. So I, they're probably still in his closet, never worn them, just, one, just the one time he wore them. <laughs> what kind of shoes are we talking? Like tennis shoes, dress shoes? Oh, I don't. It's just some old shoes, just old pair of tennis <laughs> shoes. <laughs> so you kind of mentioned uh, hunting and fishing there, but do you, is that like what you like to do when you're not playing music or out? These days, I've grown to love it. Um, I grew up hunting a little bit, but just this sheer excitement looking down that barrel, knowing you're going to bring that food home, knowing that God's blessing you, filling that fridge up, being out there, boy, you're not ever as, you're never more appreciative of the nature of when you're fixing I, I just I just went up to Alaska not long ago and, and, and did a caribou hunt. First time I'd ever done that. Um, it was an unbelievable experience, a very spiritual experience. Um, being one with, with nature, being on their level, it is such a spiritual, man. It's so, I just, I, I'm going to keep saying that word over and over if I don't stop talking. It's just that, it's, <laughs> it's just so amazing. It's so amazing. It's, uh, but yeah, I love, I love hunting. I love fishing. I don't do it for sport. Um, I think, I think that's wrong. I do it to feed myself and my family, but, uh, but yeah, you got to appreciate the animal, man. Yeah. And yeah. I, I want to know more about the caribou hunt because I'm suburban. I'm not a hunter. I don't know anything about it. So is, is that one where it's like over multiple days and you have to like follow the herd? <clears throat> no. Not, not in our case anyways. I'm not sure. This, this was, again, was my first time doing that. I was with some very skilled people that have done it plenty of times. Um, in this particular case, we did have ATVs. We had some four-wheelders. So we were kind of cheating a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, we could only get the four-wheelders up so close, of course, before they would notice us. So it was a good maybe 800, 700, 800 yards between the four-wheelders and the and the big big large amount of caribou that were out there um and in our particular case we had to kind of trek it through a bunch of uh, little creeks and uh you know way up to your knees or so high and a lot of brush and so it took us maybe about 30 or 45 minutes to get maybe another couple hundred yards to where we could actually take the shot and when we did take the shots shots i suppose we took multiple shots at it um we were maybe about 200 yards away something like that um i was not ready for what came next uh after we successfully took the animal down <clears throat> we went up to it started dressing it getting it ready to take back to the four-wheelers to where we could get the meat hung up 
we had to take that freaking thing. I almost did, I almost did something. We had to take that damn thing, dude, from, remember, it's like maybe 700 yards or so back to the four-wheelers through all this shit. So, <laughs> man, it was like three hours of taking this one piece, walking it wow. over there, walking back, taking this, walking it back. I mean, it was a, it was a good nine, ten-hour day from start to finish again we were blessed enough with the kill got the food got the meat it's being processed now should actually be done here in the next couple of weeks <laughs> but uh awesome experience man if you've never had caribou i would suggest trying it it's very very good very good and see here i am thinking that just you know two or three guys are going to sling that sucker over your shoulder and walking on back you know in 25 minutes or whatever <laughs> If only, <laughs> if only, I mean, and it would be nice if we could have got the four wheelers up to it. I mean, it would have made the day a lot easier, mm -hmm. but we couldn't, there was just no way. There's no way. Right. Yeah. And I, and, and let me say this too. I am no, uh, I'm no skilled hunter, man. I, I you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily suburban, but you know, I, I I'm no skilled hunter, dude. I, you know, I, I don't know much about it, but I love it. And I'm, I, I love learning more about it and I love experiencing it and going out with people that I can learn from, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. So I guess back to music a little bit. Um, who are your, some of your favorite people to write songs with? Who, man, I love a guy named Wynn Varble. I like, uh, I love Doug Johnson, Trent Tomlinson. Um, those are some of my favorites these days. I love a guy named Terry Palmer. Um, Dan Hudson, Dan Alley. Um, Anthony Smith. There's a handful of writers in Nashville I just absolutely love, man. There's just talent, so much talent there. Um, no, I, I do have, I, I do have a question for you. Um, all right. So, you know, there's a group of people that may or may not know you, you sit down in a campfire and you got exactly one song to play. What's it going to be? Ooh, it's going to be my favorite song of all time, man. And what is that? It's a song called rainbow connection and, uh, by an artist called Kermit the frog. Really? <laughs> and uh if you haven't heard that song i know it sounds funny it's it's uh look up the willie nelson version of course there's a more serious version but uh sure. um <clears throat> i love it i love it. it's probably it's my favorite song in the world i would play that i would play that i don't think i'm ever going to hear a more unique answer to the yeah, song I know. to a question <laughs> anything like that in the world i love that i love that question I, lo I love that question as well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> of course. Well, hey, before you get out of here, um, I want to give you a chance to let everybody know. Uh, <laughs> they, they know who you are, but just let them know again who you are, where they can find you, um, and, you know, some of your new music that you've released recently. Yeah, man. So my name is William Michael Morgan. <clears throat> uh, anything that we put out, we're going to put it out streaming, so you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, anywhere where you can get your music honestly is where we're going to be releasing it. So just keep in touch with us. Check us out on social media, WM Morgan, WM Morgan music. Um, check us out, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We've got it all. Keep up with tour dates. Whenever we do get to go out and play, play again, um, keep up with that there. 
and of course, join our email list. You can join our fan club, know when we're going to be coming to a city near you, when we're going to be releasing songs, get an opportunity to hear the songs, download the songs, love the songs, hopefully, before anybody else does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.